Below the Mason Dixon, man, we do it from the dirt. Bring the glory from the mud, find the joy in the hurt. When you work with red clay, you add the passion and the blood. And the sweat and the tears, that compassion and the love. What you get is a stage filled with voices from the south. What you get is a page filled with stories from the south. What you get from the pen is reverie out the mouth. Bottle thump and some stump, what our history really about. For the ground is what we till in darker nights, the brighter days. Being here, still here, and more good work is on the way. The south got something to say. Real. Hey y'all. Welcome back to Red Clay Plays Podcast, a podcast that champions Southern black playwrights and the worlds they create with their words. I am Onay Noel Marshall, your host. And this week, alright y'all, I'm gonna be honest, I'm a little biased because this playwright is one of my dear ones. It is Tristan Andre Parts, The Waterflower. Now, This piece is not a traditional, well-made play, and that is why we love it. Part of this podcast is showing that Southern Black playwrights are making all types of work, including lyrical, moving pieces like this. And I am so pleased to be able to share it with you. This piece is, again, written by Tristan Andre Parks. It's directed by Corinne Annette Jeffries and performed by Alicia Johnson. Y'all, this is definitely one you're going to want to sit back, maybe find your feet on the grass, and be with. I hope you take some time. I hope it's good to you. And I'll see you on the other side. This is The Water Flower. Genesis. Lie in the creek, child. Close your eyes, and there you'll learn to let go of what ain't yours. There's a burning bush deafening my ears. I've landed near dark where there's muddled chuckles. Eyes torture from the rays of a burnt sun. I catch my breath. I look around me, and before me is a whale. A woman is wearing a certain kind of History. She is ancient and beautiful. Her hair, gray and thick like a fortress. She dances with this world with authority. (sighs) I summon the bravery to stand and walk near to her. She turns. Her stunning face meets mine. I'm reaching closer to the well and she pierces me with that baritone. Thirsty. Her beauty penetrates me differently. Her skin etched with stories, dark, some told, others untold. Her eyes appear to have a kinship with the moon dragging the tide. She faces me once more. You're gonna just stand there, or you're gonna drink from this here pail? She entertains laughter, walks over and grabs my right hand fiercely as I lie on the brink of the shore. Drink. Still, I'm charged with numerous questions. The most important, dehydration, so a simple thank you, is the only response that's satisfying. Come with me, you's hungry. How I got here leaves me. Last I remember standing on the railing of a ship and shooting forward. Thundering and lightning. The tide choking me until I no longer could fight the current. The sea swallowed me. With the silent prayer, I swam to whatever show I could. 
bracelets of water hugging me until, until. What brought me to this here island that seems to be occupied by only this peculiar and assertive woman? This all disturbing my mind, and yet she somehow embraced me with a heart as mundane as home. Come with me, you's hungry. She walks away as if she knows I'm gonna follow up the mountain of a hill away from the cold shore, and she damn right. I follow up the steep hills into a house that is tiny, yet I believe this house has witnessed the comings and goings of many. The room filled with the sweet aroma of oils and jasmine. I walk steady behind her into the home. She walks over to the chimney where the soup is warming. She hands me a bowl and shit, I don't waste no time. Immediately, I divide the broth and rice. Rosemary and jasmine rice. Beef stock. She's staring over my shoulder. It's good. Who are you? I feel confident enough to ask, finally. Cassandra. Cassandra Tucson. Sweet honey of the rock. She come and lies gingerbread and buttermilk on the table next to me. And use Ezra. Ezra songs. You look like a dear cotton headlights boy. She laughs. You've come to do some work. Work? Yes. You've been sent by the waters to do your first works. The waters? And where exactly am I? She's strangely amused. Beloved, this here is St. Simon's Island. I understand that you believe that you were headed for another assignment. One that you were trying to escape. I think it's best if I go. Is there a station near? Her midnight hands caress mine, drawing them up to my face. Breath leaves my body. I'm a seer. You see, my folk is spread all throughout Louisiana. I came up in Lafayette right before my folk traveled southeast and ended up right here in Georgia. Louisiana got laws against folk who practice black magic. My mother was a priestess. She was a seer. Could see far greater than I ever could. She often spoke with the dead. Folk from all over the Mississippi Valley would come and speak with her. The white folk, too, to connect with their loved ones. Some by will, and others by happen chance. She was a healer, and I've been blessed with that same gift. I speaks with the dead. And you, beloved, possess this very gift. The gift of seeing. Seeing? Lady, I... Your mama's name was Rue. She worked as a washerwoman for some white folk down in Charleston. And you? You grew to be her only child. How? My thoughts whisper, but somehow she hears them. Yes. You and I can't folk, and I ain't talking blood either. I'm talking spirit. I understand you were headed overseas, yes. To France. But the water had other plans for you. Miss Cassandra, I sure enough hate to be rude, but I got to go. Just give me directions to the nearest station. Her rough and dark hands caress my cold and bitter ones. Once more. Yet this time, my body and mind transport me to a witnessing of a ghost. 
Right before my eyes stand, the shadow of my baby brother outside our Charleston home. The bird's home. Joe? Ezra, where you been? Body still. I don't know whether to cry, run, or hug his face. Maybe all three. Joseph, what? Mama misses you, Ezra. Numb. Numb. Why, I can't move. Everything feels as if it's happening at once. He's laughing. Mama said of both my children, I swear that Ezra is me all over again. Joe, I'm sorry. I wasn't there for you like I should have been. Hey, you want to walk with me to the corner store? Mama told me to pick up some milk and bread and gave me an extra quarter to buy some candy. Numbness of morning befriended me. How the two exist at the same time inside of me, I do wonder, but the tears are in waves. My heart dances its own polyrhythms. Why you standing there crying, Ezra? Is you coming or not? I... Joseph's shadow was grabbing my hand with conviction, and instantly my mind and body both teleport back to where I am greeted by Cassandra. I abruptly remove myself from the table where the warm soup has turned sour. That seductive aroma of jasmine rice and rosemary seasoning, now bitter. I pace back and forth, face wet. But this time it's real. The hell is happening? That's been wrestling with you a while, boy. That's why you come here. You were on your way out, but the water caused you here. To St. Simon's. What the hell are you talking about water? Lady, again, I don't mean to be rude. But I ain't got no time for none of this hoodoo foolishness. That hoodoo foolishness is where you come from, boy. Your folk from Carolina. They all geeshy. You thought you could run from that. Ain't no such thing as run when it comes to the heart. You carry home with you. I... What did you mean earlier when you said I was a seer? You possessing your mind and heart that give to witness all that is to come and all that is gone. But it ain't ever really gone. It's right there with you. She places her index finger over my heart. Was that dream I just had of my baby brother? Yes. You've been holding that guilt of your brother running off and you not being there to save him. I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to. Ah. Son, hold my hands. She demands in a kind and gentle voice. Still, I'm busy with my own tears and amusement. I hesitate. We catch one another's eye. I finally place my hands in hers. Close your eyes. I need you to breathe. And to also remember. Remember when you speak to the ghosts. Speak gently, and do not abuse the children of the dead. (sighs) Much like the first time, my body travels to an empty dirt road. That road that holds an ancient story where laughter and hardness hold me in the deep. There, I witness a bush bright and burning with laughter. Perhaps it's the laughter of my baby brother. The two of us always escaped for the nearby creek where Shoe Round acted as a holy grail. Perhaps the laughter of my father's inspiration after making kindly with his malt. 
There is a weighty distance between me and the laughing with fire bush. The bush breathes. Where have you been, Ezra? My body is somewhere between solid ground and defying gravity. As the rupture of the fire undulates, I walk with an effectiveness toward it. You've come all this way and you don't even recognize me? Mama, Ezra, you know you can let go. Let go of the fear. You've always been one to do more work than required, child. Mama, I don't know what's happening or how I got here. You've been running for a long time, Ezra. Ever since Joseph went missing. That's the kind of hurt that no mama should ever experience. Nor a brother neither. Mama, use a bush. Ezra, I need you to do one thing for me. I need you to go to that creek where you and your brother were playing, and I need you to lie in it. I need you to lie in it and remember. What you talking about? Lie in the creek, child, and close your eyes, and there you'll learn to let go of what ain't yours. What ain't mine? Mama. The underladen burning bush begins to contract. I need you to stop running, Ezra, and let go. You got a gift in you, something nobody else got, but you got to face the truth. The truth of what? The bush is fading. Wait, 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 wait. I feel myself tunneling back in time from the middle of the dirt road where that burning bush lies and back into the hands of Cassandra. I catch my breath, still overcome with questions, and yes, more tears. It was a burning bush and my mama's voice. All Cassandra does is silently laugh. I'm not sure if it's a mocking laugh or one that's serious. Either or, I'm irritated. Who are you, lady? Seriously. Listen, folk wound up here when they find themselves in need. In need? I was leaving home, and all I can remember is that a storm hit, and I find myself here. You find yourself here? Lady, what are you trying to say? I'm sick of all this here riddle shit. Son, you don't find yourself anywhere. You are where you are because that's where you're supposed to be. Now sweat befriends me. I pierce Cassandra's eyes. Eyes sweet with wetness. But this gift of seeing you say I got, is this what it is? All this traveling back in time and seeing the burning bush and all that? Yes, son. She states this quietly and with firm assurance. Mama, she mentioned something about returning to the creek where my brother and I would play. She said there I'd find out the truth. Now her amusement is subtle and calm. Do you know how to help me? Son, I've been helping you this whole time. All you gotta do is channel your own stillness and listen. Get out your way. What's going on deep inside? What does that even mean? It means you got to close your eyes and breathe. Imagine that creek where you and your brother used to play. And breathe. After moments of pierce in her eyes, I close mine. My face is still wet and queer, I imagine. Here I am, met face to face at the creek, where I'm bearing witness to the easy water. The water. <laughs>
Water laughs at me. It's asking me to laugh back. But here I am with that wet, strange look on my face. Unlike that bright and burning bush, the water doesn't whisper. Rather, it prescribes me to come lie. I walks closer and closer and closer until finally I am moved to remove my shoes followed by rolling up my pants. My movement is less hesitant than before and more efficient. Realizing that I now have an ass- assignment to fulfill, I am releasing that wet queerness and pursue something more determined. I lie down in the creek, breath waiting. The wind is humming as well as the bald cypress that encircles me. I inhale as I lie down in the creek where me and Joseph play shoe round or draw a bucket of water and vow through a series of pinky promises that one would not do life without the other. Here I am, lying next to the water lilies welcoming me, wet and open. I should. Breath is met with a certain rhythm. That rhythm that is familiar to my daddy's hip thrust when Louis Armstrong serenaded that hard and still South Carolinian home. Or that rhythm when after a few swallows of gin, his hands that made love to my mother also struck her. That rhythm. Now eyes open and vulnerable to see. Teleported in the middle of the ocean. I'm walking on water and from behind me, I am met with the soft voice. It rings true. I turn and there I am met with the face of a gorgeous and broken man. Daddy, who you think? He says with that beautifully cunning smile. I think loudly to myself. This is it. This is why. Boy, you look and act just like your mama. Joe more like me. I'm overcome by the softness of my daddy's voice and softness of his face, and yet he damaged us and himself. Daddy, why'd you do it? Why'd you hurt mama? Why'd you keep on? Son, I look at me and don't know how to control myself. I guess feeling like a disappointment to her and you boys, not being able to provide in the ways I wanted to, I took to hurt. Daddy, You were the love of me and Joe's lives. We was only kids. We wanted our daddy. Daddy grabs my face. I feel the blood flow in my father's hands. Daddy takes my face and places it on his heart. We hold one another. There, in the middle of that cavernous ocean, my heart strangely settled. And we dance. Dance in the rhythm with the subtle drum of that fathomless sea. I needed you more than you needed me. I don't have many regrets in my life, but my one regret is how I treated your mama and left you boys. As he speaks, I feel myself falling into his chest more freely. I feel some lumps that's been in my chest throughout this entire time is softening as we hold one another. You know, it really ain't your fault that your brother went missing. You can't let what happened to your brother weigh on you, son. It's natural to feel like you're supposed to be there with him, watching over. 
But what them white folk done did to that boy ain't yours to bear. They don't know what it feels to be human, because they busy being white. You avenge Joseph by living. Dancing with my father in the middle of the ocean. I spent so much of my life hard and bitter, and unknowingly so, that I never took the time to ask my dad why. Everything Cassandra was saying is ringing true. You are where you are because that's where you're supposed to be. Here I am with the ghost of my daddy, dancing. 27 years of my life answered right here in the arms of my father. The waves of the ocean began to increase, and so does our dancing. As the water underlays, so does my body. Daddy's ghost is becoming solely a memory. Do not abuse the children of the dead. And within a breath, I was back in that very creek where Joseph and I may enjoy our home. Lying. I feel not myself. Like I've been suddenly awakened. Burns down. Perhaps this freedom comes from the very dance I danced with my daddy. Right there on the ocean where the dead are alive. There are echoes of the dead that ring in my head. The dead present out on the water with my daddy's hands baptizing me. Bloody bones rising, shaking themselves loose with each sway my daddy and I made. The water has its way of waking the dead. It also has its way of laying the dead to rest. Back in the hands of Cassandra, there she is smiling with that knowing smile. How was it out there? Miss Cassandra, I feel different. I feel sort of soft. That vision of dream that I had dancing with my daddy sort of let me know that he's okay. That I'll be okay. And that whatever words I might have can be laid to rest because I carry my folk with me. No matter how much I try to run, they gonna always be there. See? The water and dancing show got a way of reminding folk they gonna be okay. The water make you soft. It open you. But I want you to know that you possess a mighty gift that's been passed down from your folk. You can use that gift at your own will. And you can use that gift to help other folk like you. You just gotta stay soft. Softness ain't weakness. Softness means you connected. You open for anything that comes your way. Softness is power. She's handing me a map to Cashinier's train. I know you've been asking to get where you're going. Miss Cassandra, to be honest with you, I think it best if I go back home to Charleston to be with my folk, to heal and shepherd folk like you do here in Georgia. Her stunning face breathes. Son, you just stay the night here, and I'll see you to the nearest train station first thing in the morning. Meanwhile... Eat this here gingerbread. I take a bite of the gingerbread. All of a sudden, remember the meals my mama prepared, and I'm sure that going back home is indeed the answer. She prepares a pallet not too far from the kitchen for me to prepare for a night's rate of rest. I finish the gingerbread and go to lie my head on the pallet. I know that in the morning, I return home. In the morning, there's no more running. I am home within myself, and the morning softness greets me.
In the morning, the water lilies will expand. In the morning. Revelation. Didn't that feel good, y'all? Something like a song, something like a prayer, something like a psalm. Oof. I am so grateful for Tristan's pen, his spirit, his work. We just want so many more things from Tristan Andre Parks. And now it's time to move into what? Some gratitude. Again, we want to thank Tristan Andre Parks for writing The Water Flower. So much gratitude to Corinne Annette Jeffries for directing and Alicia Johnson for voicing that work. We want to thank our sound engineer, Only Us Media. And we want to thank Dasana Hanu for penning and performing that dope theme song and Scott Warren for producing it. And we want to thank our funders. And they are Man Bite Style Theater, The Cypress Fund, Triangle Community Foundation, United Arts Council, The Black Sea Grant, and everyday folks like you. And when we say everyday, we mean everyday like hero. We mean everyday like the people that we make this for, you know? So if you want to invest in Southern Black Playwrights with us, please feel free to join us at www.mojoa.org. That is M-O-J-O-A-A. Y'all, in the meantime, I hope you find some place to rest. I hope you find something to ease your spirit. Just know that we're thinking about you always. And until next time, stay sweet. Below the Mason Dixon, man, we do it from the dirt. Uh-huh. Bring the glory from the mud, find the joy in the hurt. Yeah. When you work with red clay, you add the passion and the blood. Right. And the sweat and the tears, that compassion and the love. What you get is a stage filled with voices from the South. Uh-huh. What you get is a page filled with stories from the South. Sure. What you get from the pen is reverie out the mouth. That's Bottle right. thump and some stump, what our history really about. For the ground is what we till in darker nights. The brighter days been here, still here. And more good work is on the way. Yeah. The South got something to say. Real.